Roll it. Welcome to another episode of the Church Map Podcast. Eric Dye here along with Jeremy Smith and Blessing Mbofu. And uh, as you know, this, you know, it's kind of a global thing. Uh, a lot of places have been in lockdown, uh, including Jeremy, who um, who is a counselor. And, you know, we have talked for years, Jeremy, we have talked, and Blessing, we have talked about distance and online relationships versus in-person and kind of this interesting, almost a little bit of an argument sometimes it feels like between people say, oh, you know, you should get some real friends or be in some real relationships or whatever. And we've we've always been staunch, staunch defenders of that um, here at Church Mag. But what's interesting is through this pandemic and lockdown uh, with Jeremy going from counseling people in person to counseling them online, it's been a real AB comparison, like sudden, shocking, whiplash comparison of the two. So Blessing and I, Jeremy, are curious to know some of the things that may have surprised you about the differences, some things that didn't, if, if some of our uh, thoughts and ideas have been challenged or if they've been reinforced. Tell us a little bit about what that experience has been going from one to the other. Yeah. So first of all, let me say that the, in counseling, we have a specific term for it. It's called telehealth and it's actually not new. It's been around for maybe 20 years. Um, in the last four or five years here in America, you might've heard of um, online things like betterhealth.com or some others where um, the people are actually across the United States and they're just, you go onto this app and you can video chats or text message and do counseling that way. And we have call-in centers that have been crisis call-ins for quite a while. So it's not new. And in fact, we I would say that we have had quite a bit of good information because of that, but that's for people that are willing to do it and experience, but because of coronavirus, most places have actually had to switch that or shut down. Um, sadly, like I did, I was just on a call last week where I found out that 40% of all residential treatment facilities in Ohio for substance use have shut down. So if you struggle with heroin, Whoa. you might not be able to find inpatients because it's shut down. Um, a lot of the intensive outpatient where you have to go to a bunch of groups every single week, 60% of them is shut down. Um, oh, I mean, we're, we're not able to do drug testing for the past seven weeks because we don't want to have that face-to-face contact. So it's disrupted a whole lot of stuff um and i would say that there are definitely still things that we have to have that's online because the counseling side of things has been tough Mm -hmm. but the relationships across the phone across the um the video chats or sometimes we just do um audio has been working really really well to the point that at least in a counseling setting people can still work on their mental health. We talk about depression. We talk about anxiety. We can't read their body language. We can't um, see when they're shifting. We can't see if they're coming in completely exhausted, especially I've been doing everything by phone. So I don't have those visual clues to that, but we, we recognize that's when we talked about online relationships. I saw Eric for the first time last year and I didn't get a sense of um, his demeanor and his actions outside of the video chats that we do. And that's not quite a, mm. quite a bit of time, but we still are able to help our clients to the point that I've successfully discharged a couple of people in these last seven weeks. Wow. I've been able to go from every single week. I like I've, I've still, we're still doing intakes. Like we do an intake over the phone, which is kind of a little bit unnerving at times, but I, I sit down and do an intake with someone never having seen them. I would say probably a third of my case. So just people I've never met in person right now. And so I do all this stuff, figure out what's going on. 
And then the next five or six sessions are how do we get them out of crisis and stable? And then we step down to let's meet once every two weeks because they're doing a little bit better. Things are going better for them. Wow. So I've had people step down from weekly to once every two weeks, people there once every two weeks to once a month and really, really doing successful for themselves. And like you were asking, Eric, can do this over the phone and still have those really significant connections with people in spite of them having mental health stuff that's right. getting in the way right. of that. Interesting. It's also interesting that, you know, you are mindful of it at the same time. You go into it knowing, you know, I won't have X, Y, and Z, but you're still able to overcome what might some might consider a hurdle and, like you said, carry on and help other people. Uh, I was just wondering, Jeremy, sorry, I, I don't know if I'm... Go for it. Uh, uh, yeah, no, I, I'm just, I was just wondering in terms of, so you know that you don't have, like, some of those... Um, things that you'd pick up when you're sitting in the same yeah. space or same room. Um, how have you navigate, uh, navigated that? Like, you know, what other, are there any other tools that you pick up from or like, is, is there other ways that you use to find out more information? I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, so one of the things that it's important to have in counseling that we, I mean, there's all these like best practices that you do with counseling. And we, we sit in our master's class and say, okay, these are the best practices. And you get into the real world and you're like, Oh, people don't always do that. In fact, they, they many times (laughs) don't do it that way. And only the good counselors do it more than, more than everybody else. And so one of the things that I would say I love to do, but um, many people don't, and when things get really busy, they do fall by the wayside, is incorporating other people into it. So our agency is actually really, really dedicated to including family into counseling. We mm-hmm. actually, have, when we do self-audits, um, we get we ding ourselves, like we, we penalize ourselves when we don't include family. Most of counseling agencies aren't that specific in that and so they wouldn't necessarily say oh you need to fix this otherwise you're going to be in trouble um so a lot of times counseling is one person with the identified problem comes into counseling to try to fix themselves and then goes out back in life and that's really not how people work right so it's not just um little sammy comes into counseling because he's acting bad most likely Mom's not doing a good job of disciplining. Dad's a little bit aloof from the family and the relationship between brother and sister aren't great. And all of a sudden they make a couple of bad moves and nobody's helping them. And now they're really frustrated because of bully and they act out. It's not really just that person. I don't think the kid comes in and be like, I hope I ruin my relationship with all my family. It's so yeah. much more than that. Right. And so I think that when we are doing stuff on the phone, Um, we have to rely on everybody else in their life. And so we've been just like constantly getting releases of information because I'm not allowed to talk to anybody without a release of information because of HIPAA. Um, It's it's the privacy stuff. And so I will get releases for mom and dad. I will get releases for aunt and uncle that come over. I will get releases for the school that's doing online stuff and friends and whatever else so that we have it just in case I need to talk to them. And we are kind of going above and beyond and out of our way to make sure those things happen just so that whatever we are obviously not seeing, maybe we do a quick check-in with people um, and trying to use that as much as we can. So I would say that's a big change. I would say one of the biggest setbacks and weaknesses that you didn't ask this blessing, but um, I don't think it's necessarily a big problem that I don't see the person in their body language in session because I still can hear a lot of the stuff. 
they, they try a coping skill over the phone and I hear them sigh. They've just released a lot of tension or frustration. I'm like, oh, you did it. You did it. You just did it right now. Awesome. Yeah. But what I can't communicate to them is they tell me they're feeling suicidal. If I'm sitting in a session with a client, I'm hearing all these things because I'm actually looking at my computer trying to type some of the progress note up because you need to get things moving. Um, and so there's already a little bit of a barrier there. But mm-hmm. whenever I hear something that's a big crisis, I stop what I'm doing. And that's going to put me behind on my paperwork. But I turn to them. I give them an air of confidence. I give them an air of stability in front of me um, for them. And I can't do that. So where my clients starting to get threatening or unengaged, I can give not only just my tone and my words, but my entire body language of this is your treatment. If, I mean, if you want to, if you wouldn't don't want to stay here, that's fine. You can go ahead and go. I'm, that's yeah. okay. And I don't say it in a sarcastic tone, but when they see my body language of, I mean, whatever you want to do, I'm here to help you. And they mm-hmm. genuinely see that that's a huge thing as opposed to just being my voice or maybe just yeah. my face. So there, I think there's a loss for the clients with some of that. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just, uh, the other thing I'm wondering about, I mean, obviously, so, so, I mean, one of the things when when I was on staff at the church, we made sure that we did was, as a pastor, uh, uh, um, I don't, I don't, I'm not a counselor, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so I never tried to. So we always had referred people elsewhere when they sure. needed help. Um, but um, in instances where where people need counseling in this time or any other time for that matter, I think. The, the principle could apply across the board. Um, what are some of the things that you would want for pastors who are counselors or other counselors in general or, or people mm-hmm. that are generally responsible for other people? Um, how, you know, what's some of the stuff that, you know, you'd recommend to them? Yeah. From I would say, some of the experience you've had. Yeah. I would say for the pastors that, I really love, and I mean, I literally created a website called churchandmentalhealth.com. I mm-hmm. want to see pastors do more with mental health. I want to see counselors do more with their faith. Um, mm-hmm. I think that for the pastor, if I was sitting and talking with them with what you just asked, I would say, know what your limits are. Um, I think that any pastor can sit down and talk with someone who's feeling stressed about the coronavirus. That should be a given. They don't need to come to counseling for that until... Mm-hmm. They're so stressed out that they're not sleeping through the night and they're not eating and they're yelling at their spouse and they feel like life is crumbling and they can't stop their thoughts. All of a sudden, that pastor may not be equipped for doing what they need to do. Now, can they still pray for them? Can they still read the Bible with them and, and talk with them about what's going on? Yes, but they need to understand their their scope of confidence, competence in how they're doing it. We call it staying in your lane. Mm-hmm. Um, for counselors, for Christian counselors that are working on this, um, if it's like anybody, if anybody else is like what our agency is doing, our productivity because of telehealth and people sitting at home being bored and trying to actually listen and then also recognizing there's a lot of stuff going on for themselves. Mm-hmm. Our productivity for our counselors has gone up probably 25, 30%. Someone last wow. month, you're supposed to try to get about 30 to 40 hours of productivity. Someone last month got 110. Like what? I'd never gotten that ever and i'm really good at my job getting those and so they were like i mean that's just in general where we're at like i'm supposed to have 10 at less hours because of coronavirus like we can't pull that off yet and i'm still meeting my productivity knowing that i have a new person i'm training like and giving up a lot of my clients to them i'm still meeting those goals so that means that people just need help for themselves 
Um, and so for counselors, we're, we're not stretched thin, but we're going from client to client to client to client. And we got like three minutes in between and we don't have enough time to call child protective services or their probation officer, let alone trying to help offer extra support for people. So I talked about those releases of information, have your pastor or have their pastor, have their deacons, have somebody on hospitality be one of those releases of information so that the pastor knows what's going on in counseling. They can talk to the counselor and then they can go do a ton of the leg work, which they already want to interact with their congregation, right? So they mm-hmm. want to be able to do that. They're worried about their tithings being down. They're worried about losing people that aren't going to come back to their faith. That are they reading their Bible? This is a perfect thing for them to do with some of their congregation members. Mm-hmm. All they need is a little bit of direction with their counsel- the counselor for that client. So I would say utilize that resource. It's a free resource that's just sitting there. And uh, well, yeah, I mean, we'll obviously link to church and mental health, um, but uh, but but I mean, I think I think there's like there's some invaluable stuff people can pick up from there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I found that the the yeah, I mean, yeah. I will say two sources of nuggets. There's people constantly. I mean, we're just at the very tip of the starting, and mm-hmm. for mental health, like we're in the thick of it now. But when the vaccines get made and the kids go back to school, our job's going to continue for at least nine months after everything's done, right? Yeah. Um, and that's when people are going to start to connect with others and realize, oh, your drinking problem's back, isn't it? Oh, you've yeah. been struggling with serious depression and nobody's been checking on you. Mm. Oh, you've been abusing your kid or your spouse. You need to go to counseling. Yeah. And so our job honestly is just going to continue i don't know if the funding will be there or not it's just because they we see that they need to go other places at times so that's been i i'm a little bit reassured by what's been happening but i'm also worried that they'll go through the cracks but just understand that we are at the beginning stages of understanding and helping um, but pastors need to be aware that child abuse and spousal abuse is going up substance use is going up um, and just to be aware of that and for counselors just to keep at it. So hmm. we got a long road. It's going to be with us for a while. It will. Um, so some of the effects and, and I think people are going to need help um, long term. So yep. they, we think appreciate that, you as a resource. You know? We think that ten next 10 years, um, the coronavirus will kill so many people, X number of people. And we think that one third of that number will then also be via suicide afterwards just because of the coronavirus and we won't put that number in all the newscasts so we're really worried that i lost my job i can't feed my family and then they kill themselves or i haven't seen my friends and my mom hates me and like i mean we had someone in our county this year or this week that i think he was 12 and he ended up committing suicide oh. um and so it's already starting to happen and it's just going to be that unreported number of really really devastating stuff for many years to come Hmm. yeah pray pray a lot send us an email subscribe and search for previous episodes of the church mag podcast by visiting church mag online you'll find a link on our main menu go to churchm.ag that's church mag And while you're visiting Church Mag, send us a message and be sure to subscribe to the Church Mag podcast so you can receive an early release of the new show every Friday. We don't do that for just anyone.
The Church Mag Podcast is proudly hosted on buzzsprout.com. 